John Clayton. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. Streaming live at 710sports.com. On demand everywhere on the 710 Seattle Sports app. Now, John Clayton. Want to get your reaction to last night's 35-30 win by the Seahawks over the New England Patriots? Give us a call at 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Kelly in Seattle. Hey, Kelly. Hey, John. Love your show. Thank you. Uh, we are blessed in Seattle to just have a – how entertaining was that game? Even if we lost, that was just an epic game. Like, football is my soaps, and I just was overjoyed with all the dramatic games yesterday. But, man, Russell Wilson is just a, a master. Oh, yeah, no question. And, again, he's at the top of his game. And, uh, you know, and, again, what it's a thrill right now if you're a Seahawks fan or anybody. I mean, you're seeing some of the best quarterbacking in NFL history. I mean, the stuff that he's doing right now is historic. I mean, I don't, there's not, I don't know how many have back-to-back uh, NFC or conference uh, offensive players of the week. I still would be stunned if he doesn't get it because he certainly deserves it. But, uh, you know, what he's doing is just masterful. And, again, you know, there was – more adversity, you know, yesterday just than it was against Atlanta in the sense that, you know, the not, the penalties, there was too many of those, and then all the mistakes and things like that that were made. But overall, I mean, to come out with a, what, 130 quarterback rating to complete 75% of his passes against, now remember, this is against the best uh, coverage secondary in football, maybe in the last several years, and he just, he burned them. DK over Stephon Gilmore. My friends were freaking out. Defensive reigning MVP, and it's like, no worries, we got you, bombed him. And then the fighting, like, even if I didn't live in Seattle, I would be a fan of the Seahawks because how physical they are. They are old-school football, how we like it. They care about I mean, you saw all the players dancing on the sideline for that defensive stop at the end of the game. I mean, how compelling are the Seahawks right now? Oh, really compelling. I think that they're just a fun team to watch. Again, I mean, and they're letting Russ cook. I mean, but you knew there had to be better balance, and they got the running game going for 154 yards, 30 carries. You know, they cut down the number of passes, but they were so efficient. Kelly, thank you for the phone call. Let's go to Corey in Puyallup. Hey, Corey. How you doing, JC? Good. How are you? Good, good. Um... I'm just I'm not getting the defensive hate here. I mean I'm I'm hearing a lot of hate on this Seahawks defense. Like our secondary is trash, one of the worst defenses in the league. Um I I I don't get that. I mean if you look at our team, we got one of the most talented league um talented defensive rosters in the league. Um I understand it's week two and we had no preseason, but I mean come on, give the guys a little break. I mean Diggs got hurt, Blair got hurt. They're going to let up some yards, unfortunately, and um, there was no preseason. And I think people are just kind of brushing this Hawks defense off to be not good and wait till week 12 comes around and we're the best in the league. I know. I mean, right. And again, that's the thing that uh, is going to be the key. And that's why you know it was tough to uh, see how they almost lost the game, but they still were able to win it. You know, they've got to tighten some things up. They need to win against Dallas because if they can go through this stretch and go five and zero into the bye week, now you're talking about a number one, number two seed. And if that's going to be the case, you I mean you have to handle things in this division, which is not going to be easy. But overall, I mean, this was a really good start. And it looks like Russ is finally making those MVP votes. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, uh, you know, and again, it's funny because, again, everybody says, well, he's never been had one vote. Well, there's only been, since he's in the league, eight times, eight, eight votes that have come in. because And he's it, had a lot of quarterbacks that have just been crazy good, like Lamar last year. I mean, 
Yep, and right now he's crazy good, and that's going pretty well. Hey, thank you for the phone call. Let's go to Cody in Snohomish. Hey, Cody. Hey, John. How's it going? Good. How are you? Very good. Big fan of the show. Thanks for answering. Well, thank you. Um, Got to go. You know, I'm proud of the boys for going 2-0, and but, you know, giving up almost 400 passing yards and almost 100 running rushing yards, you know, it's got to come to an end. That's two games in a row where it's been two big games by the other opposing team's offense, and, you know, that's got to stop. Well, and, of course, it's probably going to be the same this week because Dak Prescott puts up good numbers. I mean, he came back from a 29-10 to 10, uh, deficit in against Atlanta, and uh, so you figure that this is going to be the challenge. And, again, we'll see where it stands as far as the injuries. I'm concerned, certainly, that Marquise Blair could be out, but you do get Quandre Diggs back. But uh, they've just got to try to contain him. And the one thing is, you know, even though Dak can put up good numbers, you know, he sometimes doesn't get a lot of points. And that can be something. And, again, game's going to be at home. There's not going to be any crowd. But, uh, you know, and they've got a lot of injuries right now in the Cowboys, much more than Seattle. They were down their top two tackles, down two linebackers, had a cornerback, Anthony Brown, go on IR. So they have a lot of issues, too. Very true, very true. But you also got – is that – Quandre going on suspension, or is he getting fined no, for he'll, the he'll just, uh, ejection? He may get night. fined. He may not. Uh, you know, but, again, it's not going to get suspended. It's just a helmet hit, and they have kicked him out immediately. So they've already addressed it, I think. All right. Fair enough. Uh, to answer the uh, injury issue with uh, Seattle, you know, uh, the offensive line has actually stayed healthy this year. So what's the main concern, you think, for the offense? Well, the main at all. Well, I mean, I don't think there's too much of a concern for the offense when you score 35 points against the Patriots. You run the ball for 154 yards, and then, you know, you get the 288 passing. So I think I don't think there's too much of an issue right now, and I think the offensive line, as I've been saying since camp started, I think is is better. Again, they have to cut down on the penalties. They didn't do that in week one, but they did it in week two. But overall, I think the offensive line's better. Cody, thank you. And let's go to thank Doug. You, let's go to Doug in Maple Valley. Hey, Doug. You know, the, the one turning point for me was that third down and one in the fourth quarter where Russell kind of threw the, a long pass to uh, Lockett instead of trying to go in for that first down. I think if we would have got that first down, that whole game would have been less less dramatic. Um, yeah. How does the, the MVP MB, voting work? Okay, the, here's how it works, because I'm, I'm one of the voters. Uh, right by the Wednesday after the season finale, you know, we have to get our votes in, and there's 50 of us that vote, okay? And so then what they do is that, uh, you know, they'll pick one quarterback for the MVP and, you know, one quarterback for the Defensive Player of the Year and all those different things. And so, you know, they, they don't tab- – I mean, they tabulate the votes, but they don't come back and say, okay, well, he had six or seven. I mean, actually, you, you may find that out, but, again, it's like uh, – it's it's usually just they're just going to put out who won and who who got it. So that's why he's he's gotten votes. It's just that he hasn't gotten votes to be able to beat out the guy who ended up getting the award. Well, so Russell has gotten votes. Oh, yeah. Well, how come they always say that he has because because again again what 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 AP does is that they post the uh, you know the winner. They don't post the votes. Oh, that's why he hasn't got any votes because he hasn't been the winner. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Doug, thank you. Let's go to Michael in Spokane. Hey, Michael. Yeah, uh, a couple things that just popped out to me. Uh, Obviously, the offensive line play is a lot better. Um, Russell had some really nice clean pockets the first two games that I've seen. 
Uh, also, the play calling uh, this year just seems to be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're actually <laughs> uh, keeping things balanced, keeping the team, the defense off balanced. Uh, so many years I saw us just run on first down, run on second down, third and long, uh, you know, get sacked or have to make Russell Wilson make plays. In the first, but, you know, coming out of the gate, we're actually – Keeping things off balance, yeah, that's what I really like to see. And then defensively, um, yeah, giving up a lot of yards. But last two games, we only gave up about 20, 24 points uh, to two MVP, former MVPs. So mm-hmm. not too bad. Obviously, can get better, but not too bad. Nope, I think it's a, it's, a, it's an improvement. Again, it's like the yards, uh, you know, they're concerning. The big plays concerning. Uh, but overall, I mean, hey, it's two and zero, uh, and you got <clears throat> right now the best quarterback playing today in the National Football League, and he's off to a fantastic start. Hey, thank you all for the phone calls, and thank you for the phone call, too. Hey, you can listen to the show via the 710 Sports app. It's powered by the Dubin Law Group. Coming up next, we get out the report card. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. It's time for The Report Card with the Professor. And Report Card, you're looking at the good, the bad, the ugly, the smart, the stupid, what people say, what people do. We take the stories, we take the anecdotes, we take the social media comments, we take the voices, and we attach grades to it. Uh, DJ Wilder is uh, filling in right now for Curtis Rogers, and he has the Report Card, so what do we have? All right, so first up, John, a wild NFL story from... Oh, yesterday. Hey, by the way, before oh, we yep. get started, Adam Schefter reporting that Bruce Irvin did suffer an ACL tear, so his season is likely over, and we're waiting to find out from Marquise Blair. So bad news on the Irvin front and potential bad news waiting to find out on Marquise Blair. Yeah, an already thin pass rush that had a lot of questions is already – it's got more questions now, John. It's really unfortunate because we all know how happy Bruce Irvin was – was to be back in Seattle, and especially with Marquise Blair, how well he had been playing at the nickelback position, a new position for him after playing really free safety and strong safety in all his years at Utah. And Pete Carroll and Ken Norton were so excited for him. So it's really unfortunate for those guys for sure. All right, so first up here, John, a little bit of a crazy NFL story here. The Falcons led the Cowboys 20-0 to after the first quarter, and the Cowboys were able to make a miraculous comeback against the Falcons. We ended up winning this game Thanks to this play right here. Got to be careful, this little dribbler down the middle now. Yeah. And the ball is recovered by Dallas. The ball spun around. Atlanta looked at it. It rolled across, and Dallas got it. The rolling on the field is a recovery by Dallas. First down. How in the world, Dave? Well, they, he didn't kick it far enough, so Atlanta backed away from the ball. You got to... And when they backed away, you gotta you gotta go in and recover it. The ball is kicked towards Jaden Graham and Alamade Zacchaeus, and they back away from the ball. Somebody's yelling back away. Zacchaeus has got to dive on the football. So the Cowboys, Greg Zerline, kicked an onside kick, and the Falcons just didn't want to pick it up. I guess I don't. I, I don't really know how to describe it. And so then the Cowboys recovered that with under two minutes to play, and they ended up kicking the game-winning field goal to cap off this crazy comeback by the Cowboys. And it's just another blown, big blown lead for the Falcons. So John, what grade do you give the Falcons here? Uh, we give them an F. I mean, because you know they they this this loss was not as probably in the in the big scheme of things not as bad as that twenty four point disaster when they had the lead against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But twenty a uh, twenty nine to uh, ten lead and they blow it in a thirty not forty to thirty nine game. And then of course 
how do you not get that? And how do you avoid not falling on that ball? I mean, that's just poor coaching, poor recognition. You know, I know on the broadcast, what people were saying is that whoever that person was, he should be cut as soon as he immediately. We'll see if that was going to be a move like that. But that was just crazy. So I'm giving them an F. Yeah, it has to be an F for me too. I mean, you you watch you watch the play, and two Falcons are just around there telling everyone to back up, back up, back up, and then no one grabs the ball. When you when you're the kicking team, you're allowed to touch the ball right when it leaves the kicker's hands or mm-hmm. feet. Sorry, and it's just ugh, it, it's unfortunate because the blame should be on a special teamers, but unfortunately, the blame's gonna be played, and it is being placed on Dan Quinn right now. I don't know how much longer he lasts. I really like him as a coach and everything. He hasn't been great as a head coach other than going to the Super Bowl that one year, but it's it's not looking good for Dan Quinn and the Falcons right now. But I have to give an F to the special teamers. I don't understand how you can't just go for a ball and oh, just yeah, pick it up. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's bizarre. I mean, to, to lose a game like that, I mean, that's just that's amazing. But, uh, hey, give Dak Prescott and give Zerline credit. I mean, that was just crazy, but that's just bad football. All right, so next up here, John, I kind of we were kind of teasing this a little bit in behind the lines. Dan Orlovsky has a interesting take on who he thinks the NFL MVP is so far. Let's take a listen. Uh, he leads the NFL in passing right now. Um, he's he's been a guy that has for a lot of times been you know part of the journey, so to speak. They've won a lot of games, but it hasn't been because of Josh. They've won their first two games because of Josh. Actually, in a group text message yesterday with Mina Kimes and Mike Golick, they go, "Man, Miami's going to figure out a way to win this football game." And I said, "No, they won't. Josh Allen will win it in the fourth quarter." And they were like, "Huh?" And in the fourth quarter, he was unbelievable. And just I, I've kind of been on this train with him and his development. Um, He's become a quarterback that, you know, you, you, he could beat you three ways, his mind, his arms, and his legs. Listen, Russell Wilson's amazing, this and that. If you want to tell me Russell Wilson, I'll probably give you two thumbs up. But Josh Allen has the Bills at 2-0, and and it's not that Josh Allen is part of the Bills at 2-0. and Not Patrick Mahomes, John. Not Lamar Jackson. But Josh Allen, he thinks is the MVP right now. John, what grade do you give him? I'll give him an F. I mean, because, listen, in fact, I was just writing this for the Post, is that, uh, you know, Josh Allen has done, you know, he had 417 yards. Right now he's 57 of 81 for 729 yards and six touchdowns. He's averaging nine yards an attempt. But he did it against the two worst teams in football in weeks uh, one and two, the Jets and the Miami Dolphins. I mean, you got to take the competition into account, too. I mean, hey, I know Atlanta's an average team. I mean, you know that New England's a better team than that. Uh, Russell Wilson, you know, put up those numbers against those two teams. But to, to put him as the best quarterback, an MVP on a 2-0 team that hasn't played anybody yet, I mean, give me a break. F. Yeah, it's got to be an F from me, too, and maybe I'm just biased towards Russell Wilson. But, I mean, did he not watch the playoff game between the Bills and the Texans last year? Josh Allen was 24 for 46. That's a 52% completion percentage. And in big games, he hasn't shown that he can that he's he can be accurate. I, I know that he's a really good scrambler, a really good runner. They, they can design a lot of runs for him, and he's very athletic. But throwing-wise, I mean... Congratulations to Josh Allen. He's been able to put up these numbers against the two worst teams in the NFL. I mean, we'll see now. I think the Stephon Diggs acquisition will help him out a little bit, but I don't really see how anyone can think Josh Allen, of all 
really not even just quarterbacks, but players can be the MVP. So I have to give him an F. I don't know. I don't know how he can't even say Lamar Jackson, who mm-hmm. looks great by the oh, way. Yeah. He looks even better. And I, I don't get it. I don't know if he's serious. I don't know if he's trying to do it for reasons like why we're talking about it now, just to get attention. But it's a real hot take, a really bad take, in my opinion. Oh, I have to agree 100%. That's just that's F worthy. <laughs> All right. So uh, final story here, John. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Milwaukee Bucks Ford, won his second consecutive MVP award this past weekend. And it's kind of one of those awkward award presentations because the Bucks aren't really in the playoffs right now. They got knocked out by the Miami Heat in five games in the second round. And LeBron James, who ended up finishing second, said had this to say. It said, it made me angry. That's my true answer. It made me angry because out of 101 votes, I got 16 first place votes. That's what made, made me angry more than anything. You know, not saying that the winner wasn't deserving of the MVP, but that just made me angry. And I finished second a lot of my career, either from a championship and now four times as an MVP. John, what grade do you give LeBron's response to Giannis winning the MVP? Mm, give it a C. I mean, again, it's like, okay, uh, you know, uh, all I know is that uh, you know Giannis wasn't happy when the season ended. I mean, he certainly has done a great job, and he's a great player. But uh, I don't know. What kind of grade do you give it? I honestly like the response. I have to give it a B plus, okay. and I like the response because I've always been a believer, and not just in basketball, but in football and in baseball as well. I've always, I know we have like the championship MVPs, like you know, you have the NBA Finals MVP, the Super Bowl MVP, the World Series MVP. I've always thought there could be a separate award just for like the entire playoffs. I know the hockey, I know hockey does. I can't remember the name of the trophy right now, but I know that they do a whole entire playoffs award and. The fact that they get, especially in the NBA and baseball, they wait to give the MVP awards until after the whole playoffs are done. They wait like two weeks after. And in basketball, they usually, last two years, they've been waiting until after the season. But, of course, right now they're doing it during the playoffs. I've always thought they need a playoffs MVP because Giannis getting an MVP award after his team's knocked down in the second round just feels very empty to me. So LeBron's response, I just agree with him. I have to give it a B plus. Okay, yeah, I think that's that's okay. I, I, I think that's pretty good. All right, awesome. That's all the time we got for grades today. Okay, be sure to check out the Professor's Notes at 710sports.com. The Professor's Notes are brought to you by Infinity of Tacoma at 5. Coming up next, we are going to take your text questions on the Busy Heart Seltzer text line. Text us at 710-710. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. It's John Clayton. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Two hours every day, 10 to noon. Streaming live at 710sports.com. On demand on the 710 Seattle Sports app. Time to go on a busy hard seltzer text line. It's at 710-710. So, DJ, what do we have? All right. So, from the 509, are the Seahawks in the running for Clay Matthews? Any word on potential teams picking him up? Well, I mean, again, I think they'd be in the running, and I think that there's now an urgent need to try to see if they can get something done. Uh, I know he wanted something like about $5 million, and of course, two paychecks are already gone. And so, uh, with uh, Bruce Urban, according to Adam Schefter, uh, suffering a torn ACL and is now out for the season, I think that it wouldn't hurt to try to get him in here as fast as possible. They might have to cough up and pay him on that amount. From the 619, wow, someone from San Diego checking into the Vizzy Heart Seltzer text line. Uh, there's a guy who's available down in Texas who used to play safety here. Do the Seahawks even give that a thought if Blair is out? No, they don't give it a thought at all because, again, they've got, they've, they've got uh, two good safeties right now. 
I mean, remember, Blair was a safety who can come in and play the nickel and did a good job of doing that. And certainly it's a loss if he does have that torn ACL, which I wouldn't be surprised if he did. But, you know, they still have Ugo Almaty. You know, they still have Leno Hill. So uh, the one thing that's so fortunate for them is that they're so deep in the secondary. I mean, again, one of the big issues that they had is that, you know, they had a hard time even getting guys like Trey Flowers on the field this year and getting, uh, you know, Ugo Almaty on the field. So, no, they, they no, no, no chance to go. What they need now is like they need a pass rusher. From the 509, Jordan Brooks, will he start in Bruce Irvin's place? Mm, no, it'll be KJ Wright. I mean, KJ, well, yeah, no, it, yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah, because they even put Jordan, his hand on the ground, and let him rush a little bit. Yeah, so I think uh, Jordan Brooks then would start at the, uh, uh, he'll start, we, uh, let's see, he'll start weak side and then KJ Wright's strong side. From the 253, John, are you happy with the job Ken Norton has been doing so far this season? Yeah, I mean, he's won two games. I mean, uh, you know, and again, it's like, you know, it's funny because I don't know why people, they, they, I mean, it was either, you know, before it was Daryl Bevel. And then, of course, for a while it was Brian Schottenheimer. And now it seems like, uh, you know, now they're pointing at Ken Norton, and it's more the stats more than the victory. I mean, did you see some of the design blitzes that they had? I mean, they had one, I think, Shaquille Griffin blitzed. I mean, you see the, how well he's done with Jamal Adams. I mean, what uh, in the first game against Atlanta, he'd have Adams blitz 11 times with four pressures and a sack. What's wrong with that? And again, look league-wide. Scoring is way up. I totally agree. From the 206, Professor, if the Hawks had Quandre Diggs for the entire game, would Cam Newton have had as much success through the air as he did last night? I don't think so. Because, I mean, you saw early in the game, it wasn't like they were having great success throwing the ball. It was more when they were behind by 11 or so in the fourth quarter, and they're trying to come back. And, uh, you know, because most of the passes were either to, when it was only to two people. I mean, Julian Edelman and uh, and, 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 and Harry, you know, out there. And so, no, I thought that, uh, you know, they, they, yeah, but it would it would be different with Diggs out there, but Diggs wasn't there. From the two oh six, do you think Leonard Fournette's going to be the main running back going forward for Tampa Bay? I think so. Yeah, I think he did enough that they can probably secure that. Or going, they still like Ronald Jones, but uh, you know, I, I think that uh, it's almost in that stage where they want the big physical back, and he's the big physical back. From the two oh six, John, I'm concerned about Pete getting away from his roots, going deep to lock it on third and one to basically ice the game. I think they should have ran the ball to try to get the one yard through Carson or Carlos Hyde. What are your thoughts about yeah. Pete going away from this style? Yeah, I mean, again, that's kind of you know going for the big play in that, and that almost cost him. So yeah, I wasn't on board on that one, but of course, I mean, it's funny because you know Pete gets criticized if he doesn't go for the fourth and one, and he gets criticized if he you know because you know they want him to go for the, the short yardage things and all those different things, and it's like oh he, he should have gone for the fourth and one about a week ago and. Uh, he got criticized by punting, and now he gets criticized by them going deep. But uh, hey, you took a shot, and you got. Let's put it this way: you put it in the hands of Russell Wilson, and let him do the best he can. From the two oh six, John, do you think Justin Herbert will be the quarterback going for for the Chargers? No, they've already announced it's going to be Tyrod Taylor. So it's like that's not. But again, what you wonder about is that uh, you know what's the situation with Tyrod Taylor because Taylor had to go to the hospital because of his chest. So if and what uh, was said after the game by Anthony Lynn is like if he's healthy, 100 percent healthy, then uh, they're going to go back to Tyrod. From the three six zero, which injured player is going to impact their team the most by being out? Nick Bosa, 
Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley? Mm, I'd say in this order, Nick Boza, because he was a defensive player of the year. Number two, and a very close number two, is Christian McCaffrey, because he's their main guy on offense, and he's going to be out with a high ankle sprain for four to six weeks. And, you know, Barkley, it's a big loss, but they're a bad team. From the 4-2-5, any word on Josh Gordon? Uh, nothing yet. Still waiting. Still may, waiting. Yeah, we may find out something tomorrow, I would think. You would hope you would think so. <laughs> From the five oh nine, John, do you think this is the best Seahawks team since twenty fourteen? Uh yeah, I would say so because it's deep, it's talented, it's got speed, and uh, you know, it's certainly the offense is so much better than two fourteen. From the two five three, John, will we see Nico Thorpe getting reps in the secondary? No. No, I mean, why? I don't see why. He's a, he's a special teams captain, and that's his job. But, but what, what are we forgetting about Trey Flowers? Might be. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. <laughs> Might be. Uh, from the 206, John, how good is DK Metcalf? Really good. I mean, uh, just the fact that, I mean, you know the matchup there with Stephon Gilmore wasn't because they didn't think that, uh, you know, uh, he's the number, that Metcalf's the number one guy, but they wanted that big physical matchup. And, of course, it worked out to the betterment of uh, what happened with Metcalf getting the best of uh, Gilmore. But that was a great battle. But they felt with the smaller cornerbacks, you know, they could either bracket uh, uh, what they could do with Tyler Lockett. And, you know, Lockett, they did a pretty good job on him, but he still made some big catches. And kind of related to that from the two five three is DK Metcalf a Pro Bowler this year? Could be, could be. I mean, it's going to be tough because you know we'll see how it goes because I mean, you have so many receivers getting so many catches. Now it certainly helps that you know Michael Thomas may be out for some period of time, and uh, we already got Galloway uh, Gallagher in Detroit. He's been banged up. He's missed two games, and so I mean. It's going to be hard because, again, you only get four in a conference. So, uh, you know, right now, but, he's, but I think he's getting a lot of respect. There's no doubt about it. From the 425, Professor, is there any chance that Trey Flowers could play some safety here from here on out? Uh, I guess, but I, I think he's better served to be cornerback. I mean, that's, his, that's a position that he wanted to be in, but he's played safety in college, so I guess you can say that. But, you know, it's like they're, they're fine at safety. I mean, certainly it hurts. Because remember, Blair wasn't a safety, at least at this stage. I mean, he was a guy that was, you know, going to be the uh, the nickel cornerback. And so and Ugo Amadi can play safety, but I guess if necessary, they could put Trey back there. But right now, Diggs and Adams is one of the best two combinations for safeties in football. From the two five three, has Clowney played or made an impact in the first two games as his new team? Yeah, I mean he didn't do. I mean he got some pressures yesterday. No, I don't think he got a sack yesterday, but uh, he's done okay. And remember, they're two and zero in Tennessee. From the two oh six, thoughts on Minshew so far? Uh, I mean, what he's done amazing. I mean, you know how he's been able to keep that team competitive to a point that they're one and one when they're the one of the least talented teams in football. I'm really impressed with Gardner. I think Jim Moore is too. One of my roommates was saying this. He looks like what we thought Baker was going to look yeah, like. That's a, that's a, I think that's a good one. I agree. All right, let's see here. From the 2-5-3, with the play of Freddie Swain and David Moore so far this season, do you think maybe the Seahawks could move on from Josh Gordon even if he gets reinstated? Mm, no, I think they'd, they'd still want him. But again, maybe, you know, remember, they, they have him under contract. So it's like a, if he's there, I think they'll take him. It's just that they don't have to rush him back. But I tell you, Swain looked good. I know during the broadcast, you know, it almost I mean, it thought that the play was going to, uh, you know, uh, Tyler Lockett because, you know, he's eight, he's 16, Tyler, and uh, Swain's 18. And really, Swain looked like Lockett on that one catch. 
I remember they were really raving about his run after catch when they drafted him. He definitely showed it on that touchdown. There. Yeah. That dude has some burst. Yeah. You think that gets him out of the Antonio Brown conversations? <laughs> I hope so. Wow. <laughs> Anything to get out of that conversation, oh, right, John? <laughs> All right. Let's see here for the 253. How do you think Puna Ford has been this season? Uh, well, I mean, started a little slow in game one. He was really good yesterday. And I think you have to look at the running numbers and how low that is. And I think that's a testament to Ford and Jaron Reed. All right, from the 4-2-5, why hasn't Will Disley been more involved? Uh, you know, just that uh, they've been able to well, – that's a good question. I think that uh, they've had more two tight end sets. There's no doubt about that. But, uh, you know, I think it's just a matter that uh, he's been throwing the ball so well to Metcalf, getting Chris Carson involved. It's funny because most people thought that uh, Greg Olson would be the third option, and right now the tight end seem to be the fourth options. From the 509, could Will – oh, sorry. Could Trey Flowers start at nickel over Amadi? No. No, because he's more of an outside guy. If you're going to do something like that, then you take Quentin Dunbar and you put him at the nickel. But right now, the game that Ugo Amadi played, I think they're content to have him there. From the 253, when will we see D- DJ Dallas? Uh, no hurry on that right now. And, you know, because again, I think they feel comfortable. You know, Travis Homer's done a good job and also is on the return. Uh, making returns so on kickoff. So I think that you know you may not see him for a while. Uh, you, in fact, many ways you may hope not to see him because as good as he might be, I think what uh, that would have to have an injury at one of the running back positions to open things up. Another question here about another player that's been healthy scratch the first two weeks. From the 2-5-3, is it safe to say with Irvin going down that Alton Robinson will get some snaps next week? Yeah, I would say so without question. Yeah, because again, you can see like a lot of teams, you know, particularly with no offseason program and no preseason games, they've been holding their rookies back, particularly the draft choices, <clears throat> and that's what ends up happening. But now they need him because Irvin, according to Adam Schefter, out for the season with a torn ACL. All right, that's all the time we got for texts. Okay, and of course, that was on the Busy Hard Seltzer text line. Coming back, we're going to get together with our Daily Dose of the Gras and Dave Grosby. John Clayton. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On demand with the 710 Seattle Sports app. And of course, uh, time to go on with our Daily Dose of the Gras with Dave Grosby. And so, Dave, an absolutely sensational football game last night, 35-30. Cam Newton looking good. Russell Wilson being incredibly good. Uh, what were your thoughts on last night's game? Uh, two organizations that are used to winning uh, are, are, are were very much on display. I mean, you saw why those are successful uh, successful teams. Uh, you know, the approach is... Is great, you know. Uh, they, have, they haven't really missed a beat yet in New England with with Cam Newton. He was, as you pointed out, terrific. But they've still got a lot of guys left over, obviously from from their their era. There's a teams that expect to win, and teams like that don't give up and usually have a great chance. So it's not surprising at all that it came down to a, to a final yard and a, and a great stop by the Seahawks on defense. Uh, just, a, just, I agree with you. Uh, just a terrifically, terrifically entertaining ball game. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what's your thoughts on the stop that was made at the one yard line? It's like kind of ironic that here it is. It's like all the Patriots and Seahawks do, even though they only either meet every four years or in the Super Bowl, is a play at the one yard line. Isn't that the truth? And and it was, uh, you know, I I don't think Bill Belichick's getting much heat for the play call. Um, that's that's their best option at that point. It was just. The Seahawks made a better play, and the defense had been reeling the entire game for the most part. Uh, you know, it was really the the huge factor of not having the crowd there. Uh, it was obvious. I don't know that Cam Newton would have had the same success on that drive, uh, uh, considering where it had to start uh, or the drive before that. It had had the crowd been there, and 
in full throat, and and uh, he was trying to, you know, just trying to communicate where that wasn't a problem last night. But it was impressive that they came up with the play. Uh, you know, a couple of great individual efforts, and um, you're, you're right. I mean, it came down to one yard after after a bunch of uh, crazy plays, uh, some questionable decisions, some ferocious hits, uh, some personal tragedy. I mean, it was a game that literally had everything. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And, of course, uh, it, it was uh, real kind of fun to watch. There's no question about it. Scary if you're a Seahawks fan, particularly in doing it. Thoughts on Russell Wilson? Are we watching maybe – you watch Ken Griffey Jr. You've watched mm-hmm. some of the great uh, NBA teams that uh, were here with the Sonics. Are we seeing maybe one of the greatest individual performances in maybe Seahawks and in, in Seattle history? So far, I mean, he's certainly the leading candidate for MVP. He's got more touchdown passes, I believe, than incompletions. Uh, This is a Patriot defense. I saw you mention it last night that, you know, given up four touchdown passes to receivers all of last year, and and, uh, Russell Wilson connected on five of them uh, just last night. Uh, It was just uh, an incredible – really, you know, the interception obviously wasn't his fault. It bounced right off Greg Greg Olson's hands. Uh, He is at the top of his game. And, uh, you know, it's what the Seahawks are now. I mean, what they are this year with, with, with the injury that we'll likely talk about, but, but with the, uh, the depletion on defense, this is a team that's going to have to win with offense. It's not surprise. It's not that much different than, than the Ravens team, which had a great offensive mind and Brian Bellick coaching them, but, but knew enough that when he had a great defense to lead with his defense. And I think Pete Carroll knows the same thing. He's got a great offense and that's going to have to carry the, carry the mail this year. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And, of course, uh, a couple of big blows. Adam Schefter reporting that Bruce Irvin's out for the season with an ACL tear. I think there's fear that maybe that might be the same thing for Marquise Blair. So a couple of big hits on injuries. Well, and you know, you, it wasn't an injury, but you lost two safeties at the start of that game last night, which was also very, very impactful. Uh, you know, Bruce Irvin, it's uh, it's just a shame. He was he was excited to be back. He was a good fit. Uh, he knew what they were doing. and. And I think was poised to have a pretty good season. Uh, you know, just a, a terrible blow there. Uh, Blair, if it's the same thing, same same deal. I mean, he's a guy who had a had a great training camp. I think they really envisioned a, a, a big role for him. They'll talk about just having other guys step up, but I imagine that they may take a look and and uh, try and find another veteran on the defensive line. Although it was L.J. Collier who made that stop at the end, and maybe it'll just be the younger guys they have having having to step up a little bit, but. Pass rush is certainly going to be a concern as the year goes on. Yeah, no doubt about it. But uh, you know, that's that's going to be just uh, where you have to kind of make the moves. Yeah, you're two and zero. I mean, you yeah. know, it'd be one thing if you were if you were zero and two, if you were you were losing, if you didn't have what you had on offense. Uh, you're two and zero with a win over the Patriots, uh, a Patriots team that looks just just fine to me for that matter. So, uh, yeah, you're in, you're in a good spot with Dallas coming in next week. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what was your thought on the Dallas game? Uh, you know, Atlanta going against Dallas and Dallas uh, coming back from twenty nine ten and winning the football game. Uh, I mean, it was undoable. Is what I thought. I mean, I thought Mike McCarthy was having one of the worst games uh, that I've seen a Cowboy coach have, and that includes watching Jason Garrett closely. Uh, you know, the, the two fake punts. Uh, you know, the, the Cowboys had turned the ball over. Uh, they were going absolutely nowhere, and um, boy, and, and Matt Ryan was was humming. That offense was percolating, and you know it wasn't the offense that did it in Atlanta at the end. It was the defense. But you know, you wonder how. I'm I'm surprised Dan Quinn is still left standing today. I mean, that's that's the second brutal, brutal comeback that uh, that the Falcons have 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 allowed, and um, you know, after really getting waxed by the Seahawks in your home opener, uh, to go and you know play that game against Dallas and just choke the way they did. There's no other word for it. Uh, just, just brutal, and we'll see if it gives the Cowboys some momentum. 
it certainly should uh, should convince Jerry Jones to stop fooling around with Dak Prescott. Uh, you know, yeah. it's time to get him signed. Yeah, well, can't they can't do anything now because he's a franchise player, and so uh, right. you have to wait till after the season and pay him more than what they were going to pay him this year. No doubt about it, especially with turning in performances like yesterday, where you know the sign of a great player is is to is to be able to turn it around during the game when you're not maybe having your best game, and and that's what Prescott did yesterday. Mm-hmm, no question. And so, what other things impressed you on it? Well, I tell you what, it was one of the craziest injury days I've ever seen. I mean, yeah. so many ACLs. I mean, I'm counting there could be as many as 25 to 30 starters that got injured that won't be able to play either next week or maybe in a good portion of the season. And big timers. I mean, oh, Saquon yeah. Barkley, uh, well, McCaffrey's probably not out for the season. But, um, you know, it, it's uh, it's certainly, I think, more than anything, it's the, it's the story of uh of the uh of the week is is the injuries there were some great individual performances obviously tom brady got back on the horse so to speak uh the nfc west kind of reestablished, if that's the right word for it uh the the fact that they look right now in the early going was like the best division in football 49ers suffered a bunch of injuries as well but uh you know i, I thought that kind of like you that uh, with, with new orleans to come against las vegas tonight uh the, the major injuries were the story of week two Oh, yeah, no doubt. Thoughts on how damaging this is going to be for the 49ers? Because they're already down eight starters. You know, they got, uh, you know, it looks like Solomon Thomas may have an ACL tear. Nick Boza has an ACL tear. They, uh, you know, uh, Raheem Motster uh, was able to, uh, you know, be his MCL. So he'll be out probably four to uh, two to four weeks. And then they, uh, you know, got Richard Sherman on injured reserve. I mean, they are in bad shape. D Ford didn't play. Yeah. And I mean, they're, and they find themselves in the unenviable position, like we said, was, was, uh, they're, they're in the best division in football. And, you know, their, their schedule is not that tough the next three weeks. I mean, they've, they've got uh, the Giants, the Eagles, and the Dolphins. Uh, Eagles were, were just routed yesterday by the Rams. We know what the Giants aren't. And, and likewise, the Dolphins. So, I mean, they've, they've got that going for them in, in the short haul, but, you know, a brutal schedule after that and, and, uh, just, uh, an unbelievably bad run of injuries that, that, uh, we'll see, we'll see what they're made of, I suppose, because they obviously have not been in a position where they face this kind of adversity before. Yeah. I noticed that, uh, 538 ELO, uh, did their analytics number. And what they found out is that, uh, you know, they, they, they're projecting four teams in this division to make the playoffs. Yeah. How crazy is that? Seven, by the way, seven and one to start right now for the NFC West. That's the uh, that's the the only one to even compete against that was the two thousand and two uh, and AFC West. And and they look good doing it, you know. I mean, even the Cardinals have looked good doing oh, yeah. it, uh, but but the Rams, you know, definitely have looked have looked uh, a lot like the team that they were a couple of years ago. And we're, we've got an up close look at the Seahawks, who have got the powerful offense going. Yeah, the the NFC West uh, right now, two weeks in, is the is the division to beat. But we all know the NFL, John. It's a, it's a weekly soap opera, so the, the dialogue can change before too long. But again, you know, the injuries are, are what teams are going to be reeling from after this week. Yeah, no question about it. And that's our daily dose of the garage with Dave Crosby. David, have yourself a great day. John, we'll talk again tomorrow. Thanks, buddy. Okay, and we'll be back tomorrow at ten. John Clayton Show, seven ten, ESPN Seattle.